game. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh, mercy! Five, four, three, two, one. From high above Camden Yards in the warehouse, it's the Mass and All Access podcast. Paul Mancano, Bobby Blanco, and now joined by Matt Parrison of NBC Sports Washington. Thanks so much for hopping on the podcast. Paul, Bobby, thanks for having me here. It's yeah. going to be a blast. So, Paul, uh, Matt's a good friend of mine from college. We were both in the same fraternity at the University okay. of Maryland. Yep. He is one of the biggest Orioles fans I know, and he also works at NBC Sports Washington, basically doing what we do here at Mass and All Access, yep. uh, producing Facebook Live shows, doing a lot of social media content, multimedia content. So it's kind of interesting how we're – kind of the same career paths in different places. See, it's I, also funny because he lives in Baltimore and travels to Bethesda. Yes. I live in D.C. travel to Baltimore right. every day, so we pass each other almost every day. We literally this realized is, this last week. And do you, do you guys high-five We're going to start by? doing that, absolutely. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Just coordinate, and then on the opposite sides of the freeway. Just, just kind grab, of, yep. yep, right across that little patch yeah, of grass. There's no standstill traffic. On, I think we're going to have to get out and do it. Yep. No, yeah, that's uh, that's fair. It's worth the extra five minutes of the commute. Just to say hi to an old friend. Well, thank you for hopping on the podcast. Uh Glad to see somebody also who's kind of in that pioneering, uh, you know, phase. It's in a, a new world, community. man. It, it every, really is. Every day there's something new, and we're learning. I mean, it's stuff I've learned three years ago has kind of gone out the window. It, it, it's fun, though. <laughs> it's exciting. Yeah. And it's cool to be here. It, it is cool to be here and cool to have this little crossover. For those watching the video, you were wearing your Stanley Cup final uh, polo on right now. Uh, did they, who, who won? Oh, that would be uh, the Washington Capitals. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Tyler Thank Town you, USA is in Washington, D.C. Thank you. We do have a fair amount of crossover, I think, between, you know, obviously Baltimore doesn't have a hockey team and a lot mm. of Baltimore fans. That is, I feel like, the one team that a lot of Baltimore people will gravitate to that is in Washington, D.C. Yeah, the, the ratings for it were awesome. Once they kind of came out, you look at the big markets, you, you knew Vegas, you knew Washington, D.C. would be in there. Buffalo is always one just for being a hockey town. Yeah. Baltimore is right there along with Norfolk is just the other biggest markets across the country. And it really spoke to just how much the capitals, you know, gravitated to, to a fan base. that's not just in downtown DC, right. 35, 40 miles up the street up here in Baltimore. It, it was really cool. And there were watch parties. I live over in Canton and bars over there were having watch parties and specials. And yeah. it, it was a fun scene. I had a lot of friends sending me pictures of it because I couldn't be there and had a little bit of FOMO. Yeah. It, it's even cool to see the, fell onto the baseball team. The Orioles were seen wearing all caps hats, T-shirts during batting practice, much like the Nationals were. Yeah. Um, Chris Davis and Trey Mancini doing a lot of like promotional videos. They had like, their own customized jerseys, yeah. which is pretty cool. So it was not just the fans, but also the team and the players yeah. here. And I think the fans appreciate the crossover. The picture of Chris Davis that <laughs> we posted at Mass and Orioles on our Instagram of him wearing the Capitals shirt and the Capitals hat after they won – was the most liked picture on our Instagram all season. Wow. Fun fact. Jeez. Which Incredible. might speak more to the Orioles than it, it does to oh. the Capitals. Uh, <clears throat> I, I think fans will always appreciate, though, when they see players of teams having that crossover. Yes. Right, yeah. I think it's it, it's organic, and it kind of feels you can really connect. And, you know, Chris Davis might not have might not be having a great season at, at the plate yeah. playing baseball, but fans can kind of appreciate that he's able to kind of grab onto another team, see him as a fan. Right. And I think in this day and age, especially seeing it on social media, like you just mentioned, it's really cool when you see someone of Chris Davis's stature just rooting for another team that's not even his sport. <laughs> right. And wearing a customized jersey, smiling, doing those pump-up videos. I mean, especially with Trey. I, I get so sized. 
when size size yeah you're from dc is that, is that, that's what is DC. that short for is that just excited that's that's just dc size. is it with a c or an c- s i spell it c-i-s-e-d c-i-s-e-d um, okay but i get so excited when i love it when teams of uh, in the same town support each other right players from like you know we see we've seen it this entire spring with the caps and the nationals but even here in baltimore like obviously adam jones is a big Raven supporter, you know, he went to the AFC Championship game with the Super Bowl back in 2012, um, and, and vice versa. Ravens players came to a lot of the playoff games here at Camden Yards um, to watch them play. I really love it when professional athletes support the other teams in their towns. Yeah, and really kind of embrace that like hometown feeling. It's cool. And embrace the city. So we see we see them do so much work in the community, um, you know, with kids and, and and helping out in the community service. But then when they also support each other. And not just yeah, like not just in the community, but on the field too. I think that's really cool. It endears them to the community yeah. in a way that you know community service is the best way that you can do that. But that's probably the second best way, and it shows that you're willing to care about the other athletes and the the people of the town enough to say because these guys didn't grow up. Most <laughs> odds are they didn't grow up right. rooting for that right. team. If if Chris Davis was a hockey fan, he probably wasn't. I believe he's from Texas. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's probably so a Dallas Stars fan. Probably a Dallas Stars fan if he was a hockey fan. So it shows that they care about their fans, not that they're willing to cater to them, but they're saying, hey, this is my adoptive hometown. This yeah. is where I am. And I know that fans here appreciate it, so I'm going to jump on that bandwagon. And it builds just good karma and good energy. You know, yeah. We've had Nationals players talking – and their pregame availabilities in the clubhouse about the Capitals, mm-hmm. but they're generally excited. Yeah. You know, Gio Gonzalez took time to talk about it. Adam <laughs> Eaton talk, took time to talk about yeah. it. And you have that, and you have that juxtaposed to Bryce being the, you know, <laughs> I mean, how, how often have we seen that, though? Yeah. That the star player on a team in the same city is going up against his favorite team his from, from his hometown. Yeah. I and mean, that's such yeah. a unique, you know, I thought it was fascinating. Yeah. I wasn't one of those people that was worried about Bryce not rooting for the Capitals. Like right. this is such a unique circumstance. Yeah, oh, and exactly. He's not doing it because he doesn't want to be. He's not conforming to everyone. He's doing it because he's from Vegas. Yeah. I thought that is so cool and so yeah. unique that this really was a cool opportunity yeah. for a lot of these storylines. Say what you will about Bryce Harper. I know people outside of DC have a strong opinion about him, but you cannot blame him right. for rooting for the Golden no, Knights. No, no, not no, at no. all. There's one professional sports yeah. team that actually originated from his hometown, yeah. um, and, and he supported them all from day one. He's been yeah. wearing Golden Knights gear from day one. So I also think it, you know it provides kind of a little you know motivation for maybe not just the teams in DC, but here in Baltimore too, because yeah. you know you. There's no way they didn't see like, all the celebrations with the fans and the parades stuff going on downtown. Like, how can you not look at that being in a, another major market so close by and be like, wow, I really want that. I yeah. really want to play. I mean, now the Orioles aren't playing for much now this yeah, year, yeah. but it's still Let's, got to provide some motivation yeah. to go out and, and perform well and win. And I think it'll provide motivation for the fans, too. You know, it's almost a kind of a shot in the arm here. And we're not in the dog days of summer yet, mm-hmm. but – there's so much of a high right now for fans in D.C. of the Nationals because yeah. a lot of them are Capitals fans. That's going to carry over now. You're going to see that enthusiasm down in Nats Park just even on another level than we'd already yeah. see at this point in the season. I think that's going to be really – it's going to make for a really fun summer that was all, it was already setting up to be yeah. one. Yeah. 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 Well, the, for the whole DMV, uh, not just D.C. area, right. the whole DMV, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. Yeah. Well, a place that has not had a whole lot of enthusiasm uh, recently you. is uh, Camden Yards, which yes. is you know, where we are right now. Uh, it difficult to build much enthusiasm, all things considered. Stuck on 19 wins at the time that we're recording this podcast. They have lost six straight. Uh, just about rough spot uh, all over the place. We're going to talk about a few things later on in the podcast. Jonathan Scope will definitely touch on him, what has happened to him. We're going to play a round of Would You Watch That Show. But I got to start with, first off, the offense has been 
by far the biggest disappointment. And it's come out of a, a place that we don't exactly know from. We're, it's a confusing place why this uh, offense has struggled so much. Last year, just about the exact same lineup top to bottom. This year, totally different story offensively. Uh, last year, 2017, they were fifth in baseball and home runs, 10th in slugging percentage, fifth in hits, 16th in runs, middle of the road, but eighth in batting average. This season, totally different. They're near the bottom of every uh, of the league in just about every category. 17th in homers, 28th in slugging, 27th in hits, 30th in runs, 29th in, bat- in batting average. What has happened? I, I don't know if I have an exact answer of what is going on. I mean, we can point to maybe, not maybe players, but also maybe coaching and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But it's just, is it a lack of confidence maybe? Or is it just, because to me, the biggest thing is the home runs. This team has been built on the home run ball yeah. for, for the past couple of years. We always knew, okay, their pitching won't be ecstatic. You know, they don't really play small ball, but they can hit the ball far. And long, and so they can score in bunches. And the fact that they haven't been able to do that so far this season is kind of very eye-opening and surprising and makes you really kind of scratch your head and be like, all right, what's going on? Because yeah. besides Manny Machado, like you said, Jonathan Scope isn't hitting well. We, yeah. We're going to touch on him later. Uh, Adam Jones is slowly coming around. But Mark Trumbo, he was hurt, yes, but he's not really slugging the ball. Chris Davis, obviously, is having a horrible year. So it, I think to me the biggest – question mark is the long ball why has that not because i've always we said paul for a while let's wait for the weather to heat up yeah and see it once the because you know it's heated up it's yeah. hot i can confirm it's it is heated up it is warm now <laughs> short sleeves you and, brought me in i can confirm that much <laughs> and the ball is still not flying out of camden yards off orioles bats at least yeah. so off orioles bats. that's that's the biggest kind <laughs> yeah. of question mark to me. What, what do you think matt so i was just looking at you know some of the numbers and there's so many numbers you can look to and be like oh this is an issue but yeah here's here's two to boil that, that i boiled down you have 20 guys right now for the Orioles that have registered at bats this year, you know, as hitters. I'm not counting pitchers and all that. Yeah. Okay. Of those 20, four of them are batting at an average that you would kind of expect them to be at or better. Yep. You know, usually in the season you have a guy comes up and maybe even a short sample size, he, you know, he rakes for two weeks. You know, the Orioles have had those guys over the years, a like David Newham going years back that came up here and was a toast of the town. Even Joey Rickard a couple years back yeah. in his first month. Yep. They haven't had that. They've had Manny. We know he's doing his thing. Adam might be the quietest 280, what, six hitter in the league. I mean, yeah. he started off a little bit. I mean, he had to walk off on opening day, but he's kind of trended up slowly. He's mm-hmm. right where you think he'd be. Yeah. Trumbo was hurt, like you mentioned, but he's batting around 250. That's that's Mark Trumbo for you. He's going to bat around 250. The power's not there, but the average, that's what you expect. Danny Valencia has been a bit of a surprise after a slow start, and he's seen almost an everyday role now with Tim Beckham's injury. Yep. And maybe he's not what you want defensively at third. I think we can all agree on that. But batting around 280, you'll take that every day of the week yeah. as a DH kind of utility role. But that's four guys. That's 16 guys after that that aren't anywhere near where you'd hope or expect them to be. Yep. And that, that's an issue. And then you look at it again, and you see two guys in this entire offense that have had double-digit home runs at this point in the year. We're recording this on, what, June 14th? Yeah. We're, yep. you know, we're a month out from the All-Star game. You have two guys with double-digit home runs. That's an issue. Yeah, that is an issue. Especially when you have, a hunt, you have so much invested in yeah, home run right, hitters. Exactly. Right. The team that's been built on the home run ball, and then you only got two guys yeah. hitting 10-plus, that's, that's not going to cut it. And you look at the, the you know, comparison from that last year to this year, really the only changes that they've made, you swap out Chance Cisco for Wellington Castillo as the main catcher, and then the whole thing with right field. You had Seth Smith was really mostly the right fielder last year. Now you have a platoon of Gentry, Rickard, uh, you had Santander, and, and Jace Peterson. That shouldn't make the mm. difference between a team that was in the hunt for a playoff spot until September 
and a team that is on pace to lose over 120 games. Yep. That shouldn't make the difference. And it's, it's taken a down year from just about everybody. I mean, Adam Jones, you mentioned, is somebody who, you know, maybe a quiet 285 hitter. Still a guy who doesn't get on base a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Trumbo, he's in the lineup not to, for his average, but for power. He's not hitting for nope. power. Uh, e- even Trey Mancini, who had a spectacular rookie season last year, not do- getting it done, batting about 225 right now. Everybody, all of these guys are having down years, with the exception of Manny Machado. Right. And it's tough to point to exactly why. Coaching, is it, you know, just the, the idea that, uh, you know, hitting is contagious is not hitting contagious? Is losing like, contagious? Is it a mentality thing? You would thing? think not in this town, at least in the Buck Showalter area. Right. Era, we've known this team, you know, they win. They've been, they've been winners since 2012. Um, so you would hope that losing isn't contagious. But, <laughs> I mean, you get so far back. I mean, was it 24 games now back in the AL East? You get so far back, like, what more do you really have to play for? I think even Steve Molesky on MassInSports.com today, his morning blog post was, you know, this rest of the season should be about the prospects. Let's just see what we've got in right. the farm because it's kind of a wash now. Yeah. And what's, what's frustrating there is you don't even have a whole lot of guys down there that are either healthy <laughs> or producing that have earned opportunities. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and when you look and you say, okay, well, maybe we need to start limiting the at-bats of a Chris Davis or a Mark Trumbo or some of these veterans – well, who are you going to put out there that really that makes a lot more sense? You yeah. know, we've talked. You guys have talked about Cedric Mullins before. He was banged up though, and he's mm-hmm. you know slowly getting back there. But you have other guys that just haven't really stepped up or taken advantage of the opportunities. And you can you can go. There's a whole laundry list of yeah. reasons why. And it's frustrating because I think it's all that you know. Every every fan wants to say, let's see the young guys at this point. These these guys in the major leagues aren't getting it done. Let's see what the young guys have to offer. I really like that argument in August, September, yeah. after the trade deadline, and when a lot of these guys in the minor leagues have had a whole season under their belt at wherever they are, just about. But it's June. Right now the team is focused on, I mean, the, the guys that are in the major leagues right now, a lot of them are finishing up their contracts. They're auditioning for other teams. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the, the Orioles are not going to sit somebody because he's not producing if they want to trade him on July 31st. So they, they need to show other teams he's healthy, one, he's producing, and we're not going to – you know, he's not a bench player. He's a starter. And the, the guys in the minor leagues, like you said, Matt, it's not like they've been, you know, lighting the world on fire. Right. Uh, even, you know, guys like Austin Hayes, somebody who fans have been clamoring for, he's not hitting that well. Right. Yep. So it's not like, you know, they have this and he's bevy of talent. Exactly. So, you know, it's, they had the list come out of the top 130 prospects at all mm-hmm. baseball – or doesn't have any on there. Yeah. And it's not because the talent isn't there, yeah. but it's been the combination of the results haven't been there and the health hasn't been there. Exactly. Ryan McKenna, that's you know one of the only guys in the entire system right now that's hitting at any kind of – I mean, he's killing it right now for Frederick. Right. But that's one of the only guys, and you have to go down to high A ball to find yeah. someone yeah. like yeah. that. I yeah. mean, uh, That's a jump. That's, I mean, yeah, that's tough. You're not going to bring him up to the major leagues right straight from Frederick. Especially not th- at this point. Like, what's there to gain? Yeah, what's like, he, and who's he, you know, you're going to play him at third? He's a third baseman, right? Right. Uh, I think outfielder. Uh, I think he's – all right, well, where are you going to play him? I mean, <laughs> right. Well, either way. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you could, he could take a batch from Joey Rickards, sure. Yeah. But, it, you know, a guy that's that young, that you know, only a couple of years into the system, yeah. in a lost season, I mean, you can kind of make the argument you want, you know, but you don't want to ruin him. You don't want to yeah. get his confidence yeah. down. And yeah. you like this rebuild to be pretty quick. Yeah, exactly. And the whole thing with, uh, you know, Chris Davis being some of the guy that is the token child for this because he's the highest paid player. It's under contract for several more years and somebody who is having a pretty awful year at this point. He's somebody who the only 
thing that can get him out of this is himself. I mean, he you can't ask Buckshaw Walter to sit him for an extended amount of time. He has sat him a few times this season for him to back get to his— Back-to-back days, too. Not exactly. Just for a day. But if you're an Orioles fan and you want to see him traded— the only f- way that he's going to get traded is if he plays and if he plays well. That's the only way. Him sitting doesn't help anybody. It's just too much money. Yeah, it's no too much gonna money. going to pay for that for under 200 hitter. The only positive you could say with uh, sitting him would be that you put Trey Mancini in his right, right, fully right position, but then you have a hole in left field. So there's uh, – it, it really it's, just – Buckshaw Walter's hands are tied, and it's difficult to say, well, he should be doing this. He should be starting the young guys. Dan Duquette should have – all these prospects up at the major league level, they don't have many options. Yeah. No, they, they really don't. And I hate to make the analogy you're rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic, but there is a little <laughs> bit of that where right. it, it's like you said, you plug one hole by moving a piece around. Yeah. You open up another one. Yeah. And with Austin Hayes hurt and banged up, you, he would be the natural person to maybe come up and you've moved, if you move Mancini to first and bench Davis. Right. And you're right. I think we're starting to slowly see Davis sit against lefties, but it's so hard to platoon a guy that you're paying $161 exactly. million to. And a guy that by all accounts is still good in the clubhouse. He's engaged. I mean, I saw him, you know, he was one, like we were just saying with the caps. He's, yeah. he's super engaged. He's still having fun. Like yeah. he's, you know, he's not like some malcontent in the locker room that you can just want to be like, all right, we don't want to play him. Yeah, right. right. You know, he's, he's out here trying. And I think a little bit of the collective struggle is it is contagious. Yeah. I think when we always say hitting is contagious, yeah. not hitting, I think really is contagious. I yeah. think it's a lot of guys that have tried to shoulder the burden. And what, what we saw last year this team really was dictated by Manny Machado. When he struggled for the first half of the year, the offense struggled. When yeah. he got going and he lit up in August on that historical clip, the Orioles went. And yeah. we started thinking, oh, okay, well, hold on. Maybe they actually are making a push here. This year, the Orioles haven't gone as Manny Machado's gone. He's yeah. been an all-world. He's MVP candidate yeah. for the first couple months here, and the offense hasn't gone. I, to me, that's the biggest difference is – what changed from last year where they did follow Manny to this year where they're not? And I just don't know. Scope, obviously, not hitting. That's the really confusing part. I don't know what the answer to that is. Yeah. But back to Davis real quick before we get yeah. to Scope. I know we want to talk about Jonathan yeah. um, Ball. But to me, when I watch him at, at the plate, it looks like he's in, at a crossword, crossroads of between trying to not overthink it and but also thinking too much. Right. Like, you know, right. he's like, all right, I'm concentrating, but like, all right, yeah. I'm concentrating too much now all right yeah. now i'm not concentrating enough like he's like overthinking how he's not going to overthink it if that yeah. makes any sense yeah no, absolutely so That's, it's yeah. just so also like he, like you said matt he's trying he he's not the effort's not there it's just he just can't put it together and he seems kind of lost and confused he's doesn't know how to approach it mentally. And yeah. that's where he's cause he's swinging at bad pitches or he's yeah. not swinging at all. You're right. And it's just – it's confusing and frustrating. Yeah. I know it's very frustrating for fans to watch. It's frustrating for us to watch yeah. too. But I can only imagine how frustrated he is yeah. being a guy who has hit 53 home runs in a season and now has only has, – has four. It's June 14th. He only has yeah. four home runs and he's hitting below yeah. 200. Oh, it's got to yeah. be infuriating for him. Overthinking by not overthinking. It's the idea of don't think of purple elephants. If you try as yeah. hard as you, if you are trying <laughs> to not over, exactly. If you are trying to not overthink it, you're going to overthink it. Uh, but I'm glad you brought up Jonathan's scope because to me, Davis gets a lot of the blame. Even Adam Jones gets some of the blame. Uh, you know, Trey Mancini has even gotten some of the blame. A lot of these guys, Trumbo, fans have had strong feelings towards and like to pin a lot of the blame for this season on them. To me, Jonathan Scope is somebody who is just confusing. Um, somebody who last year was the only all-star mm-hmm. on this team, uh, who looked like 
could be a perennial all-star, the way that he was playing. The most viable Oriole. Exactly. Guys were saying, you know what, if we lose Manning, it's fine because we, we have scope. Yeah. He, I mean, he, extension talk. Fans were talking about extending him at exactly. the 100 million or, or more. You yeah. Know? I mean, Lock him up before he becomes the next Manning was the, the thinking. You know, he, he's going to command a huge salary in a few years. Last year he had 105 RBIs. He had 32 homers. He was an offensive machine. Second on the team in homers to Manny Machado. This season, he has struggled with injuries, but he's still played 47 games. Just six homers. He's batting 209, and his slash line is 209, 246, 347. He's got 16 RBIs. He had 105 last year. Where has this guy gone, and why is nobody talking about him? I think no one's talking about it because the team overall has been bad. And there's also so many other storylines in terms of just injuries. Like, Like just the other day, we got Zach Breckenbatt. But then Richard Blair goes down last night. And so there's just so many other storylines besides Jonathan's scope. And to be fair, Jonathan, you know, not, not to disrespect him, but the, everyone's focused on Manny because this is – Manny's going to be traded. Right. And he's going to go somewhere. So that, that's the storyline for the Orioles. And I think right. that's why no one's really talking about Jonathan. But, Paul, I think you're right. We've been, unfortunately, having the search for topics to talk about on this podcast with the Orioles for a couple of weeks now because yeah. it's just been – I mean, they're just playing bad. They it's almost an area of grievances. Like, yeah. you have yeah. so many things you just want to complain about and, or just, like, critique. And it's like, well, wait a second. What's the positivity in here? Yeah. It's like, there's very little right now, yeah. especially offensively. Yeah. But through 47 games last year, Paul, uh, Scope was hitting 275, and he only had seven home runs, which is one more than he has now, but he had 24 RBIs. Right. So, it's – I mean, he wasn't hitting the long ball, but he's still being productive at the plate. And yeah. this year, it's just – it's just not quiet. And I'd, I'd – and it could be a, one of those situations where it's just contagious, and you know everyone else is playing bad, so he's playing bad. He was hurt, um, like we've seen a lot of these players have been hurt, but it's it's kind of so it, it's one of the sneaky biggest surprises about the Orioles right. is how bad Jonathan's club has been. Yeah, and I can see why he kind of flies under the radar because you don't have to worry. A lot of the focus is you know hopefully Trumbo's hitting well so that he can potentially be a good trade piece. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Uh, you know, Britain is pitching well, and we'll touch on him coming back so that he could be a trade piece. For Scope, he's he's here pretty much. Uh, you know, I wouldn't call him an untouchable, but as if you were to rank the players in the organization that are most likely to be traded, he's going to be pretty far down that list because he's under team control. Uh, and Not expensively either. He's exactly. under team control, and he's actually, like, a pretty good asset yeah. in terms of, you know, they're not paying him right now because he's still under yes. his original deal. Exactly. I would put him in the Gaussman – uh, Bundy yeah. category yep. um, and it's just frustrating to see uh, you know maybe he's dealing with some lingering effects from that injury maybe he rushed back because the team was struggling we don't know but uh, at this point I mean 209 is just confusing and it's it's frustrating and I would say on top of that we always knew he's not an on-base guy he's yeah. very much of the same ilk that Adam Jones is you can Free be a productive swinger. hitter yeah. but you're not going to be a, he's not going to be an on base guy yeah. he's on base right now it's 246 yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's just so you can't do like no. that, that's so hard to wrap your head around exactly. for a guy that's supposed to be one of the cornerstones I mean we'd be we'd be having the same conversation if his batting average was 246 about right. how he's not producing exactly. and how we're expecting more exactly. his on base is 246 yeah. he's only drawing seven walks right too. Yeah. It's, so it's it's one of those things I you almost think that now he's trying too hard too. It's not the Chris Davis thing was he's thinking that not or not thinking. I think I think Jonathan is way now overthinking because yeah. now he's frustrated. Now he's just going up there and he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. He's just all right. I got to do something and he's trying to overexert himself. Exactly. And I uh, hope hopefully, you know, I don't know how you turn that around. You, 
you talk about getting a reset. Buck yeah. has been sitting, guys. But I don't know how you sit Jonathan Scope. I mean, who's going to no. play second base? No, exactly. There's no Tim Beckham here either. So, yeah. like, you can't really sit him. You can't really give him a day off. You just kind of hope he figures it out on his own. And right now, it's not really working out. Yeah, exactly. And just following up, last point on Scope. Yeah. We're talking about his RBI numbers being down, and maybe some of that could be, oh, well, the guys ahead of him aren't getting on base. No one on this team is really getting on base at any respectable clip other than Manny. Yep. I just looked it up, and he is batting 149 this year with runners in scoring position. I mean, oh, it's gosh. it's just so, so bad everywhere yeah. around. Seven for 47. So That's brutal. You wonder almost like if just one of these guys can get going, you know, just return to the mean a little bit of what we've seen from them over a pretty good sample size, they'd yeah. be all right. Yeah. But there's just so many guys right now that are struggling. We are going to have a, a fun conversation. Would you watch that show in a few minutes? But, Bobby, sorry to cut you off. No, I do want to uh, talk about some slight bit of good news mixed in with some bad news. To quote Rockabaco, sports are a fickle bleep. Uh, I don't know if you saw that tweet. I did not see that tweet, but yeah. I'm glad you believed it. He, d- he got a lot of. Uh, this is a podcast for family. Exactly. Well, he's well, a family friendly family podcast. Friendly. Yeah. No, yeah, exactly. Uh, but we got to talk about um, one guy in the bullpen coming back from injury. Very positive sign. They get him back, and then they see one go down. Zach Britton comes back uh, after, you know, we had heard he was a little bit ahead of schedule, and I think he came back a little bit earlier than a lot of people were expecting. Made his first appearance, pitched an inning, walked three guys, but didn't give up any runs, and struck out a batter. And then you see last night, Richard Blyer goes uh, down with hopefully nothing too serious, but looks like it's probably going to be a lat issue, it, which is actually— yeah, It did not look good. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you read Rocco Bacco's breakdown of it this morning, you could— you know, when you see a pitcher shake his arm like that, yeah. it's never a good sign. But you could tell in Richard Blyer's face that it was not going to be good because yeah. he was upset. And he, you, he could tell he knew it's not. It's, and a lat injury, it's not something you can just go on the 10-day DL and then come back whenever you're eligible. It's an extended injury. You're going to yeah. be out it can several, affect you for a long time. several weeks. Like, you know, which is very unfortunate for Richard Blyer because he's been having a great season. Best, not just for best him bullpen. And Orioles, but he's going to be a trade far. piece yeah. too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and now you're thinking, well <laughs> – we just got back our best lefty, and now we're losing our best replacement lefty yep. he, while Britain was out. I mean, like Matt, you and I were talking before we got started recording. You know, it just seems like every everything that goes right, you, you right. take one step forward, take Literally two steps two back. Steps back. Yeah. It's, and that's how you get to below 20 wins on June 14th. I yeah. mean, it's you get a little bit of progress, yep. and they go back. In April, we were talking historical numbers of where Blyer was just because he was so darn efficient. Yeah. He was pitching multi-innings. He was doing a little bit of everything. He had quotes to the media about how he literally would pitch every day if he could, which yep. to yeah. your point, seeing him in you know, any kind of discomfort last night, it's pretty, pretty eye-opening because you know he's yeah. a guy that wants to be out there, wants the ball in his hand, doesn't care if it's third inning mop-up duty or ninth inning high-pressure situation. He wants to be out there. He's been an integral part of this bullpen that is, it's been in dire need of that yeah. all season long. Yeah. You're thinking, okay, well, hold on. Now you're getting Britain back. You have two lefties back there that are potent. You have him with Brock, who's been pretty solid, all things considered. Maybe Givens writes the ship and no days back healthy. And all of a sudden, the O's bullpen that's been their bread and butter for yeah, years yeah. is back and ready to go. And, and now, it's, now it's not. And you could make an argument that Blyer might have been more valuable in the eyes of certain teams because mm-hmm. closers certainly play a valuable role. But Blyer was thrown in just about every high leverage situation this season. And that's what teams are looking for, a lot of playoff teams. You know, when can you get outs when you need them, when it's a tie game, when you're down by one, when you're up by one? doesn't matter what inning. Seventh, eighth, uh, you know, even the ninth, a tie game, and you want to go to extras, 
Sixth inning, you need to get out of an inning, you know, do some mop-up duty. He could have been a more valuable trade piece in some eyes, especially because he didn't have an injury history like Britain did. Yep. Uh, and all of a sudden, it's thrown out the window. And it's, you know, hopefully there's still time, but it's it's not looking good. Yeah, ultimately. and wouldn't have commanded as much money as Zach Britton exactly. at the end of the season. Um, he was under team control. Yeah, and he, like like Matt said, multiple roles. He can do. You can be seventh, eighth inning guy. You yeah. can be multiple innings. You can do matchups with him. I mean, he's very, very valuable to bulk show Walter's bullpen. And now that you're going to lose him, I'm going to say for at least a month and a half. You know, say right, probably, probably all star break. Yeah. yeah. So, and I mean, it's you're looking at him maybe on if he's lucky getting back right before the deadline and you get a couple outings and hopefully show that you're okay. But even that, I think it's a stretch because a lot is for a pitcher is, yeah. is, is, is dangerous. Right. Chris Lee had that one yep. of those prospects a couple of years ago. And exactly. I he was never the same. Wayne Chen had that a couple of years ago when he was here too. And you know, you have, you just, it's not a good injury for, I mean, what injury is good for a pitcher? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. it's, it, you know, <laughs> yeah. let's be honest here, but yeah, it's tough. And to lose a, again, a vital contributor, there were those, and, you're at 19 wins. How vital is vital? Like, you know, at some point, like, okay, guys, like, it's a bad, it's a bad season. Like, yeah. it doesn't, but you know, it does matter. And, and now, and, and Buck Showalter is such an expert at managing a bullpen and having guys know their roles. And he doesn't want to get guys warming up when they're not going to go in and pitch and all that. You know, he's not just throwing darts at a board. He has a plan going in. Hey, we're going to use these guys in this role. Dan Duquette builds the bullpen like that, and it's been a little bit of a challenge this year going in with two Rule 5 picks. They're down to one right now out there. Yep. But this is just another setback, and it's tough. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's it's frustrating, but it is good to see that Zach Britton is back. Let's, let's uh, I'll give Britton his due because he definitely deserves it. He worked hard to get back from this injury. Uh, it took him a while, and he hopefully can be either a solid closer down the stretch for this team or a valuable trade piece. Either way, he's he is helping the team by coming back. Uh, and he talked after the first appearance of the season a few days ago. Let's hear what he had to say. How'd it feel to get back out there tonight, Zach? It was good to get into a game. Obviously, uh, I mean, I was overthrowing everything I think I threw today. Um, just excited, moving fast, but um, just hope to settle in. The, you know, next time I get on the mound, just uh, improve every time I get, you know get a chance to pitch. Did it feel like it had been that long? Yeah, it was like nine months since I pitched in a big league game, so almost felt like my debut. I was like, I got out of body experience. It was weird, but um, just happy to get through that one. And obviously, uh, I know that command's obviously not going to play. I can't remember the last time I threw a ball to the backstop. Um, so that just shows you. It was just a weird one out there, but I was just happy to get it out of the way and then just kind of settle back in, you know, kind of breathe a little bit. Pretty effective thing on the backstop. Yeah, absolutely, right? It works a little bit. I guess we should work on that one a little bit more. But um, like I said, I think I'll you know, settle in. And, um, you know, Commander was good on the rehab assignment. I thought it was fine. I hadn't walked anybody, and then I walked three tonight. But, um, you know, just I think settling in is the biggest thing and, and getting comfortable again. You know, it's been, it's been a long time since I was out there and felt like a little kid again. Velocity was 95-ish. Is that where you are? I mean, yeah, throughout the the rehab assignment, I, I was kind of like right around there. We have my spring training velocities from the last spring trainings. Um, if you look at where I'm at innings-wise, but it's about six innings uh, total right now. Um, that's pretty close to like cons it's consistent with where I would be 
traditionally at, at this time. So, um, you know, it slowly increases as we go along and I start pushing nine, ten innings. So, um, obviously, it's about command more than anything. The velocity, I think, will get there as I kind of just slow my body down and, and start using my body the right way. I think the velocity will be there. I think any low velocity right now is more so just, you know, mechanically. Great Britain is back and feeling good. At least it's good to see him smiling, good to see him back with the club. And let's not discount the veteran leadership that he brings yeah, to this team. Yeah, I mean, he's been the staple of this bullpen brass, what, six years, seven years? So uh, it's good to see him back. You know, for me, it's going to be interesting to see how he performs over the next month or so as we get to the trade deadline. And uh, what I want to be interested in is if we could see maybe an Aroldis Chapman type situation where I think Britain really likes the Orioles. He loves Baltimore. He wants to, This is the only team he knows. Yeah. But it's, it's a business, so he's going to be a valuable trade piece. So maybe it's kind of a thing where – you trade him away, you get some prospects back, and then maybe you go after him in the in the uh, offseason to kind of re-sign him and let him come back after he goes and be successful somewhere else. I think we call that a Sydney Ponson situation oh, okay. where <laughs> you trade him and you get him back. Um, I just had two quick points I was going to make yeah. about Britain. I, you know, this is a season where it's been tough to find storylines to kind of follow because a lot of them, unfortunately, have been negative. I'm fascinated with how they're going to manage the Zach Britton situation going forward. Do you throw him out there in – has you know they're not going to have a lot of safe situations going forward like let's be frank about yep. it so how do how do you use them because mm -hmm. you're gonna you're gonna need to manage getting them out there shaking the rust off but also putting them in situations where he can succeed and not have inflated stats keep him you know try to make him back in this form that he he showed before as a valuable trade asset yeah they, they were close to trading him last trade deadline so how do you manage zach Britton? in probably what's only going to be a handful of appearances here and there to kind of get back up to form and still have him look desirable to other teams that want to go after him so he doesn't show that he's rusty and shows that he can be an asset down, you know, the pennant run. And the other thing we talked about earlier was the prospects. This is a great opportunity now for Tanner Scott to come back and stay. I personally felt that he shouldn't have gone down mm. um, when he did last week to, to Norfolk. I think he should be back to stay. This is one of the few guys right now in their entire system that is both young, inexperienced, but has shown he can get major league hitters out and he can be successful at this level. I think he needs to be up here the rest of the season no matter what. If Donnie Hart's on the Norfolk shuttle, so be it. But I think Tanner Scott's a guy that you need to see what's out there. Maybe there's talk about him becoming a starter a year down the road or so. But this is a guy that needs to be up here for the rest of the year. He certainly has good stuff. And as you mentioned, he's shown the ability to get guys out. He came up. Earlier this year, and like you said, he performed well. He didn't deserve a demotion by any stretch. It was just the fact that they needed to move some pieces around. So, yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. I, I mean, if he maybe has to – I don't know how many options he has left, but if he maybe has to make, you know, one or two more demotions, but he needs to get experience, one, and he, need, he can show – um, you know, that he could be a, a bullpen piece and maybe potentially a starter in future seasons. Yeah. Cool. All right. <laughs> well, Let's get you, into the what you watch. I, I know show. you want to get into your game, yeah. Paul, oh, so yeah. we'll um, do that. I'm excited for this. Oh, yeah. So I, let me explain this because, uh, Matt, you've never nope. you know, experienced this. Nope, the maiden voyage. Uh, basically, I am pitching these TV show ideas, and okay. you just let me know if you would watch these shows. Okay. We played it with Trey Mancini. Uh, the uh, Three of these I used with him. He green-lighted all of them, might I say. Okay. So very much enjoyed them. Uh, so there's a lot of pressure. For I was just going to say, no pressure then. Yeah, okay. So uh, first off... Let's start with the one that most relates to Trey Mancini, Mad Mancini, like Ooh, Mad like Men. It. yep. It's a Mad show, dry, TV 1950s drama in the style of Mad Men okay. with Trey Mancini being the Don Draper type. Would you watch that show? I don't see 
Trey Mancini being the Don Draper Which is type. why it's hilarious. It's hilarious because <laughs> we work with Trey Mancini very closely um, here on Mass and All Access, and he could not be the nice – he could be a, not me a nicer guy. I yep. mean, he's just oh, so yeah. incredibly nice, so down to earth. I'm, when you were showing me the, these uh, movie or shows, um, he was like so all about it and very friendly. So he's just not the Don Draper type. But if – Yeah. It's a funny concept, I guess. I guess I guess I guess seeing Trey Mancini in that scenario. Oh yeah, really. I guess, but like seeing Trey Mancini in that in those scenarios, and then just being like really friendly, <laughs> like could be like kind of funny. Right. The opposite of the point, but I don't know. I might have to put a yellow light on that. I'm a Ooh, maybe. a yellow light. I'm okay. a maybe. Okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna tie it in. That? Yes, I would. With yeah. Okay. One thank you. With okay. one condition. Yes. Okay. I admittedly did not watch much of Mad Men. I'm oh, familiar same. with enough one, of it. I think I watched one season. Yeah. How, however. Yeah. If Trey Mancini took the role of the character that does the gift that has gone around where it's not great Bob and just watch him oh, to an yeah. elevator and maybe just comes into the warehouse and we just had him do that, yes. I would watch it. And that can just be your open for it. I would watch it every single time. So long as he's talking to Bobby every single Correct. time. Correct. Exactly. Hey, Bob. Bob just standing there. Not great, Bob. Yeah. And, <laughs> How you doing, Trey? Not great, Bob. That's okay. perfect. <laughs> oh, that would upset that's, me. I want him to want Trey Mancini. But it's good content. Be, it is good, so content. Gotta, it's good content. We do it for the content. But I could also never see him doing that, imagining, <laughs> How you doing, Trey? <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm great. No, it's great. It's uh, good to see you guys. <laughs> like, oh, all right. What um, a day brightener. All right, so yellow light, green light. I'll take it. Next one I got for you guys. Don't know if you're familiar with the show. Uh, what's it called? Brooklyn Nine Nine. I love that show. Name of the show. I love that uh, show. Bobby likes the show. Matt, do yep. you also? I'm glad, I'm glad it's sticking around. Me too. Big fan. So I've glad watched a few episodes. I should get more into it because it's a pretty funny show. If you um, like Andy Samberg's comedy at all, yes. you would love Brooklyn. Oh, I'm a big fan of Lonely Island and all that good then stuff. Then you would love Brooklyn. Uh, so Baltimore One O. Uh, it's basically Adam Jones is the you know goofy but effective cop, okay. and uh, you've got a cop duo of Manny Machado and Jonathan Scott. Kind of a good cop, bad cop. Ooh. <laughs> which one's which? Exactly. Trey, Trey, we asked Trey. Trey said uh, Scope had to be the good cop. Yeah. Manny the bad cop. Okay. Which okay. makes sense. Yeah. Um, I can't see Scope ever show? saying a mean thing. No, no. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely green light. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching that 100%. Okay. I'm, every Sunday night, 730, wow. I'm there. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. That's a good time slot. Yeah. I feel like Adam is the perfect character for this because he's goofy, but like he gets the job done. Exactly. You know? Yeah, that's right. I'm I'm all in. Hundred percent, absolutely. That, that, that's a lead in the Game of Thrones right there. Like, yeah. If you're looking Sunday night <laughs> yeah. that time slot, like give me this <laughs> and then give me Game of Thrones and we're good. You know, to go. Yeah, that's laugh before the cries. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, when's that show coming back? By the way, NBC picked it up, so I don't know. Wait, okay. wait, hold on. No, I was Game talking of Thrones Game of Thrones. Thrones. Game oh, of Thrones. Game of Thrones next summer, a year from now. Are you kidding me? They're no. just dragging that's, this. That's thing good out. though. Dragging this thing. You out. have time now for Baltimore One O to kind of like come, you know exactly gain a little yeah. bit of yeah. Yeah. yeah, gain some momentum. And exactly. People are tuning in. All right, we'll flip over to HBO. Right you tie it in. Perfect. Baltimore One O. Um, all right, next for you. Uh, you know the show Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, with Larry David. Kirby, your enthusiasm. Maryland Zone. With uh, Wayne Kirby as uh, <laughs> Maryland Zone. Oh, Larry David went to. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Subtle plug. Uh, but Wayne Kirby, as the you know Larry David type, loves to complain. It's basically his life, just a little bit more dramatized. You, even though you see him on the first base side, always smiling and joking, imagine him as a Larry so David this is type. Off the diamond. Yes. So basically yeah. just, okay. But a little bit of clubhouse and that kind okay. of stuff. Okay. You know? I don't know how this will follow up with what's cooking with Kirby. 
Because that's <laughs> oh, my yeah. favorite Owen Kirby. Totally segment. separate. What's cooking with Kirby? Um, but yeah, I'd watch that. Kirby, your enthusiasm? Yeah. yeah, I'm down. Could this be kind of a Family Guy, American Dad situation where it's kind of the same show, but it goes back to back with cooking with Kirby so like you have the first half hour okay, here yeah. kind of the other side of them yes but then it's cooking with Kirby for the next half hour yeah, like, yeah. no I can so see it's that. an hour block but you're dividing it up we're gonna bring Seth MacFarlane into right yeah I, I think that's down. yeah I think that's the move here <laughs> hello Brian um, cool all right good, good. Job, Paul. hey thank you oh, one yes. more one more Ooh. this isn't a show but a video game actually oh uh, ML you know MLB the show yes of course MLB the show Walter <laughs> the, it's the same exact game only difference, you can only play as Buck Showalter. Uh, so you're only the manager. You're, you're only the manager. You're not even controlling the players. You're, you're just, just got to sit there and kind of scowl and occasionally laugh and yeah. do some goofy things in press conferences. I was just going to say, press conference-wise, <laughs> like how much? Con- I don't know if you have control over it, or is it like you just pick oh, you your do. own ending, like those books you read as a kid, and you're just like, I'm just going to go this way, and yeah. Buck's just going to talk nonsense. They'll, they'll give you it. like three options. Like Everybody has their tale of woe. <laughs> uh, you know, so we like our guys. Yep. Just yeah. a few options in press conferences, but you get to play the full experience, the full show, Walter. Those could also be like difficulty levels of like yeah. how hard you're playing the game, like right. easy, medium, hard. But is like, it 2018 sh- Orioles yes. <laughs> or, or, or 2014? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 2014 was a breeze. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll play that game. I haven't played. <laughs> would well, you? I would not. Okay. My well, own problem. Well, I just be. It seems like it'd be kind of fun to be like the. Yes, I feel like that's like you know how uh, do you ever play? This is gonna sound so dorky. Do you ever play like Madden, but then you just let the computer play each other, <laughs> play itself? Like no. you don't control either of the teams. That's like a glorified yeah, me neither. Um, yeah, I never do what that. What is wrong with you? <laughs> you know you can watch actual yeah. football. I think huh? that's what NFL Network is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, what? Um, oh. Then, wow. Then never mind. <laughs> Sad. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I would play this if I was in the mall. And it was like raining outside, and I just went in the GameStop just to like kill a couple minutes. <laughs> yeah. And it was like on the like the demo version of the Xbox or the PlayStation. Right. Right. I think this is how I would do it. Okay, you know what? So. That sounds like a it sounds like a demo version of MLB the Show. It's like right. to tease you to get by the game. Like you can only. Oh yeah, that's what it sounds like. That's a good idea. I would think, you know, if you could be a manager as in a video game, probably Joe Madden would be the funnest, yeah. most fun of all of them. You know, what the team is losing? What are you gonna do? Bring pets into the right. clubhouse. Which, which right. exotic animal do you bring yeah. in? Yeah. <laughs> Throw my relief pitcher in, in left field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, that that does it for Would You Watch That Show. Thank you guys so yeah, much for, for playing along. Yeah. Uh, reminder to everybody to follow us on Twitter, at Paul Mancano, at Bobby underscore Blanco. Matt, do you have a Twitter? I do. It's Matt underscore Parison. Perfect. Yeah. Wow. Give me a follow. Following yeah. each other right if you want to catch any of- more great Caps coverage, follow Matt along at uh, NBC Sports Washington. Mm-hmm. And for continued Orioles coverage we're here at mass and all access and uh you can follow the podcast on on apple podcast google play soundcloud um yeah rate review subscribe let us know what you think yeah absolutely thanks so guys so so much for listening shout out to brendan mortensen our producer for putting this all together thanks for coming on matt thanks for having me guys a lot of fun appreciate it we'll see you next time